Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the charge of separation as we pick up in Joshua chapter 23, verse 3. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. So Joshua is giving them the charge. The charge included that of separation. To remain separate from these people, not to get involved in inner marriages and so forth. Not that God has separated races and is opposed today to an immixture of races. That's not at all what it is uh, saying or advocating. God was preserving a race in order that he might bring his son through this particular race, but it isn't that there today should be any kind of superior or inferior races of people. That is wrong, for in Christ he has made us all one. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, Christ is all and in all today, new creatures in Christ Jesus. Now he said, Behold, I'm going the way of all the earth. And you know in your hearts and in your souls that not one good thing has failed of all of the things which the Lord has spoke concerning you. They've all come to pass, and not one thing has failed thereof. God has been true. God has been faithful to his promise. Therefore, It shall come to pass that as all the good things are come upon you, you can be sure that if you fail God and turn away from God, the evil things are also going to come upon you, the destruction and all that he promised. When you've transgressed from the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and you've gone and served other gods and bowed yourselves to them, then shall the anger of the Lord be kindled against you, and ye shall perish quickly from the land. So even as God has watched over you for good, he is declaring God will watch over you for evil. So cleave to the Lord, love the Lord, serve the Lord. Chapter 24, Joshua is continuing this final charge to the children of Israel. Picture now this old man. He was was faithful to the Lord. He has done a good job, but now he is bent over with age. He has been weakened. His voice is probably shaky and trembling. Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, right in the heart of the land, there beneath Mount Ebal and Gerizim. And he called for the elders of Israel and for the heads and the judges, the officers, and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old times, even Terah, the father of Abraham, the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. And I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood and led him throughout all the land of Canaan and multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac. And I gave unto Isaac Jacob and Esau, 
I gave to Esau the area of Mount Seir to possess it, but Jacob and his children went down to Egypt, and I sent Moses also and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt according to that which I did among them, and afterward I brought you out, and I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came unto the sea, and the Egyptians pursued after your fathers with their chariots and horsemen into the Red Sea. And when they cried unto the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and brought the sea upon them and covered them. And your eyes have seen what I have done in Egypt, and you have dwelt in the wilderness a long season. And I brought you into the land of the Amorites that dwelt here on the other side of Jordan. And I fought with you, and they fought with you rather, and I gave them into your hand that ye might possess their land, and I destroyed them from before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, the king of Moab, arose, and he warred against Israel. And he called Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. But I would not hearken unto Balaam, therefore he blessed you still, so I delivered you out of his hand. Now, you'll notice that this has gone into the first person, and so actually Joshua at this point is prophesying to the leaders of Israel. And God is now speaking through Joshua a word of prophecy to these people, having gone into the first person here as God declares, I destroyed them and I delivered you out of his hand. And I sent the hornet before you and drove out the Amorites but not with your sword or with your bow. And I have given you a land for which you did not labor, cities which you did not build, that you might dwell in them, vineyards and oliveyards which you did not plant, and yet you eat of them. Now therefore, fear or reverence the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth, and put away the gods that your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. Now if it seems evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So Joshua stands before these people, declares to them the marvelous works of God, and then he challenges them to choose this day who you're going to serve. Recognizing that God has given to man the power and capacity of choice. Each man chooses not if you will serve or not, but who you will serve. For every man is serving somebody. Every man is governed by some passion, some guiding principle, some philosophy, which has become his God. He reminds them that in ancient times, before the flood, people were worshiping gods. The Amorites, in whose land they were now dwelling, had their own gods. 
There are many different gods that a man can worship. Many governing principles by which his life can be directed. A man can live after his own flesh. That can become his God. A man can live obsessed by the desire for success, and that can become his God. A man can live obsessed with the desire of wealth, that becomes his God. But you must choose which God you're going to serve, the true and the living God, or the gods that the people worshiped and served who lived before the flood. Even Terah, the father of Abraham, worshiped other gods. The Amorites worshiped other gods. Choose who you will serve. And then declaring as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Though he is old and stricken in years, still he rules his house. It's marvelous when the husband, the father, can speak for his house. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The people responded to Joshua and they said, Oh, we also will serve the Lord. And Joshua said, You can't serve the Lord. They said, We will. He said, You can't. For he said, God is a jealous God. And when you start turning away from him, turning your backs upon him, he won't take that lightly, but he will bring his judgments among you. For if you forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, he will turn and do you hurt and consume you after that he has done good. And the people said to Joshua, No, we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said to the people, You are witnesses against yourselves that ye have chosen to serve the Lord. And they said, We are witnesses. He said, All right, then put away the strange gods which are among you and incline your heart unto Jehovah God of Israel. And the people said unto Joshua, Jehovah our God we will serve and his voice we will obey. And Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and set them a statute and an ordinance there in Shechem. And Joshua wrote these words in a book of the law of God and took a great stone and set it there under an oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said unto all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness unto us, for it hath heard all the words of the Lord which he spake unto us, and it shall be therefore a witness unto you, lest ye deny your God. So Joshua let the people depart, and every man went to his own inheritance. Now it came to pass at this time that Joshua died, being a hundred and ten years old, and they buried him, actually, there in Mount Ephraim in this city that was given to him 
for his inheritance. And Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and the days of the elders that overlived Joshua, which had known all the works of the Lord that he had done for Israel. Now, it is interesting how that is you go back in history that God has done marvelous works among people. And those that have seen that work of God remain committed and true. But rarely does a work continue into a second generation. We look at the church and there have been marvelous spiritual revivals in the history of the church. And usually new denominations have been born out of spiritual revivals. But it is tragic that rarely does a work of God continue through a second generation. Those that have seen the work of God continue to relay that which God has done. But you get into a new generation and there come modifications, there comes organization, there comes structures and, and, and uh, the seeking to more or less codify that which God has done and rarely does the work of God go on into another generation, which makes me glad that I'm living in the last generation. I don't have to worry about this thing going on. We're going up. We're not going on. <laughs> but that would be my chief concern if I didn't believe that the rapture was so close. It's beautiful what God has done for us. I'm thrilled with what God has done for us. But my chief concern would be that after we have gone, we have been able to see this glorious work of God. That others would come in and they'd analyze it, they'd get the thing all structured, they'd be able to tell you, you know, all of the reasons why it was such a success, and they'd get the whole thing organized, developed, and the whole thing down the tube like everything else is done in the past, as far as denominations and all. Thank God that we won't have to see that day. But it's been true through the history. Those that have been privileged to see that work of God usually remain true. It's the next generation. Somehow, somehow, there is a failure to adequately communicate to the next generation the marvelous things of God. In trying to analyze the failure, I think that perhaps when God blesses us, the blessings are usually multifaceted. They, it's a blessing in almost every area. Spiritual blessings, material blessings, physical blessings. But we went through a lot of struggles, a lot of testing of faith, a lot of deprivations, 
a lot of hardships. We went without so many times. Now that we are blessed, we don't want our children to have to experience the same hardships that we experienced. We don't want them to have to live by faith as we had to live by faith. To have to just trust in God for the next meal. And thus we seek to keep our children from a lot of the same hardships that we endured and I think in that, we are keeping them from learning a lot of important lessons of trust and faith and being able to see the miraculous work of God in response to that faith and believing and trusting Him. And thus, they don't have the same privileges of knowing the miracle working power of God that we experienced because we were going through the periods of deprivation and hardship. And thus, God doesn't become as real to them as he was to us because they haven't had to trust him for that meal, to believe him for a, a set of tires. Now, here at the end of Joshua, there's a very interesting notation and why this would come here at the end of Joshua, I am sure I don't know. Chuck Missler could probably give you some suggestions. And the bones of Joseph, which the children of Israel brought out of Egypt, they buried in Shechem, in a parcel of ground which Jacob had bought from Hamar, the father of Shechem, for a hundred pieces of silver, and it became the inheritance of the children of Joseph. Now the children of Joseph did inhabit this Ephraim, tribe of Ephraim, and did inhabit this particular area of the land through Shechem and, and, and that area through there. So they were the sons of Joseph. But why at this point in the text it would refer to the burial of Joseph's bones, I don't know. We, we did read where when the children of Israel made their exodus out of Egypt that they brought the bones of Joseph with them, uh, but the, the recording of the burial of the bones is left here for the end of Joshua. And Eliezer, the son of Aaron, died, and they buried him in a hill that pertained to, to Phinehas, his son, which was given to him also there in Mount Ephraim. So the old guard is passing away, and... Uh, the new guard is coming in, and as we move into Judges, we'll begin to see how soon they moved away from God, how soon they went into apostasy. I think that prosperity is probably one of the most difficult things to handle. My father used to have a little motto on his desk, God, please never prosper me above my capacity to maintain my love for you. He recognized that there was a weakness in his own life. He knew what money could do to him. He knew what it did to his family. 
And thus it was his constant prayer, God, never bless me beyond my capacity to maintain my love for you. I think that was a rather wise prayer. So many people have been blessed beyond the capacity of maintaining that deep devotion for God. And their love begins to wane as the love of the world and the things of the world begin to occupy their lives. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Judges on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Joshua 23 through 24 when visiting thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is the Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. There is one charge that we skipped over in chapter 22 that Joshua gave to the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh as they were returning back, and it's found in verse 5, and he said, Love the Lord your God. Walk in his ways. Keep his commandments. Cleave unto him and serve him with all your heart and soul. I think that's a tremendous exhortation. Love the Lord your God. Walk in his ways. Keep his commandments. Stick to him. Cleave unto him. And serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. And thus, may you be blessed of God this week as you walk with Him, as you serve Him, as you cleave unto Him. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Children love stories, so it is with great honor to tell you about a children's book written by Pastor Chuck called The Story of the Ten Commandments. Just listen to what people are saying. Cheryl Broderson. I love these stories, and it's a pleasure for me to know that you get to hear my dad tell you the very same stories that he told me as a child. Pastor David Guzik. 
I think that a book by Pastor Chuck is perfect for children because they'll sense the true love of not just a father, but a great grandfather and how much he loves to pass on the love of Jesus to a young generation. Pastor Poncho Juarez. I am so blessed to be part of this book by Pastor Chuck. I love it when kids read in their own level. I hope parents take advantage of this and may the Lord bless you. And as a gift, each book contains a CD of Pastor Chuck reading the story of the Ten Commandments. To order your copy, call the word for today at 800-272-WORD. Or to see a sneak preview of the book, visit us online at thewordfortoday.org.